up, Geekiverse? It's Bruder 1.0. I honestly just woke up. Uh, I've got a cup of coffee in the big time next to me. We're going to sip through that as we try and eloquently speak English. I'm here for the first time ever. He and I have never done this. Jeffrey Povs, what's up, man? Dude, it has been way too long. We This took us way too long to finally do this. I, I got to give full credit to Josiah. He has been, he even texted me straight up, said, yo, you and Pav need to do this. And now it's happening. Josiah, you were right. I, I don't want to give you credit, but you were right. Don't give him credit. No, no. <laughs> uh, you don't have And you, you texted me as well. Uh, and you were like, hey, we got to do this. So now we're doing this uh, before we get started with the wrestling talk, because that's why we're here. This is a Geeks Talk Wrestling episode featuring Bruner 1.0 and Pavs. We got it. We got to talk about Adam Herpov. We do. Kid, uh, the kid knocked it out of the park today uh, on YouTube with uh, Rooster Teeth co-founder. He's yeah, that's right. He spoke with the co-founder of Rooster Teeth on YouTube Live. That means right. it was uh, live. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, it did. It did mean it was live. <laughs> like I said, just waking up in every sense of the word, he was live, and he didn't disappoint us. He he spoke English. He looked like he was a competent human being. Adam Hur, the little guy, he's growing up put, on us, Pop. Put sentences together. <laughs> Words were strung together <laughs> in a coherent sentence. Adam Hur, in all seriousness, that was amazing. I'm so you proud did. of you, man. Kid did a great job. We uh, will post. I think it's already posted on our Twitter and Facebook. I believe so. Yeah, Definitely. pretty sure Kevin got that up in a hurry. Yeah, yeah, within like four seconds. <laughs> Uh, and definitely by the time this airs, it'll be out there. So go to the Geekverse on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and the website. Quick plugs to start off the show. Normally I say them for the end. Um, but the big thing I want to talk about with you, Pav, because you have uh, you were texting me about this, is you are now kind of in the New Japan Pro Wrestling bubble. Yeah. You, you watch it. Uh, for, let's just talk about your initial thoughts. You are uh, watching a little more than you used to. How do you feel about New Japan compared to WWE? Um, I gotta tell you, based on you know the brief experience I've had watching it regularly, I am far, far more into New Japan's product than I am WWE's. Um, it goes without saying that New Japan's product is far more believable. It over there in Japan, they treat pro wrestling like a sport still, uh, and whereas WWE is. And it's forever. It's been for the longest time now. This sports entertainment concept more than the pro wrestling or you know sport alternative. Uh, over in Japan, it, it, the way they do their feuds, the way they um, do their matches, it it all it all feels very believable. There isn't these outlandish storylines. The characters and the personas themselves are very believable. It almost feels like an actual sporting league, just in a pro wrestling environment. So when you say that, how, I guess, how does it differ in terms of styles? Because, and not AJ Styles, uh, but. Who was over there for a time? Right, right. And that's, you and I were talking before this. That's kind of how, uh, at least that's for me, how it kind of got on the radar because I always followed him in TNA um, before he jumped away from there and went to ROH and New Japan again. Um, it's, It's very quote-unquote strong style but it, it looks it almost looks like it's actually real i hate saying that because you and i are wrestling fans and we get all offended when people say that but it, it's scripted these things are determined beforehand and sometimes in wwe it looks very staged almost it uh, does in new japan yeah. i don't get that feeling hardly ever no and you know we, we were talking about this before we went on but there's that language barrier there um so it, uh, there are plenty of wrestlers over there who are not Japanese, who are American or Canadian, even some from, you know, like the Pacific Islands. And to see them put on matches against Japanese wrestlers who most of them don't speak a word of English, it's fascinating. And it, it, it amazes me that they can do that without with, with such little communication. I, I really don't like, I would love to know the secret behind that. Or if, you know, some of these guys maybe know a little bit more than they let on as far as the languages go. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen people in WWE, uh, from, come from foreign countries and just not succeed because of stuff like that. The one, Very that, much. The one that comes off the top of my head is Sin Cara. 
the yeah. original one before, uh, you know, I think it's Hunico who's underneath the mask now, but when Sin Cara... They're like, what, fourth Sin Cara now? <laughs> Do we count um, Kalisto? Is Kalisto like the 3.5 Sin Cara? What, what number are we on? I can't even remember. I, it kind of feels like that, yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember which number we're on, but I know the original one is now... Uh, I believe back in Mexico and he just could not get the language stuff down and he had some terrible botches. Uh, yeah. I think they were featured on botchamania every single week. Oh, he's infamous. Like he is, he is the physical representation of botches. Yeah. <laughs> I remember guy. one terrible one with Dolph Ziggler and I think Ziggler almost like snapped his neck because of it. So the, the language barrier is very real. And like you said, we, uh, there are guys, the one we talked about before this was Cody. Um, he, you pointed this out, and I didn't know this. He's only wrestled American people in New Japan. So th- there's another guy who went overseas, he went to New Japan, and now he's kind of succeeding to some level. Um, how have you seen st- people like him differ from when he was in WWE? It's amazing how different some of these guys carry themselves as soon as they hit japan um one for example and i just watched a promo of his the other day just kind of out of the blue was hulk hogan when hulk hogan was in japan shortly after he left uh wwf at the time and this was before he would eventually go to wcw he was doing a feud with the great muta uh sorry the great muta not muta wow (laughs) There are people in Japan that would absolutely lay me out for getting that one wrong. You, you corrected yourself. <laughs> I did. Thank God. Um, but Hulk Hogan, he just carried himself a lot more seriously over there. Like I said, they treat it more like a sport than like sports entertainment over there. There's such a respect for the craft of pro wrestling over there. Um, you can just see the guys, you know, they know I got to be believable. A lot of them are not, are doing this all off the top of their heads. There isn't as many scripted lines or segments over in Japan as there is here in America. And I say that in general because even beyond WWE, things like Ring of Honor, things like TNA, um, what is it, uh, Lucha Underground, yep. all of that is very, very scripted, very, very organized. You know, it's all pre-planned. A lot of the stuff in New Japan, aside from the results, they just kind of do it on the fly. They yeah. don't get they don't get as much direction as they do here in uh, North America for pro wrestling. They don't have Vince McMahon screaming in their ear to tell them what to do or what to say. That's uh, one of the big things I've heard from people like the Young Bucks and Omega and uh, oh, who's the guy uh, Adam Cole is that yeah. they, they feel like they've got much more freedom uh, to just do what they want. Um, I just listened to an interview with Bully Ray. And he was speaking strictly about ROH, but ROH and New Japan do have an agreement kind of in place where they can uh, trade wrestlers, loan wrestlers, whatever. Um, and he said their whole thing, their whole mantra in ROH right now is simply go out there and get over with the fans. Um, it's not about what kind of finish they have so they can make the get the right camera angle and use that for a promo for all of eternity. Right. They're strictly like, go out there, wrestle your butt off, and get the fans to love you. And that's kind of one of the big things I've loved about the match that I want to specifically focus on is Kenny Omega. And uh, I'm going to screw up his first name, so I'm just going to say Okada. (laughs) Kazuchika. Thank you. Kazuchika Okada. Um, I, I admittedly have not watched the second one. Oh, man. I know. I'm going to have to give you my subscription to New Japan World, let you watch it. Thank you. (laughs) Usually I have to wait till it hits YouTube or some other backdoor, and I hate saying that, but it is in another country, so forgive me for (laughs) There's literally an ocean between us. Right, like uh, there's only so much I can do. Uh, Maybe I will get that subscription, you know? Uh, But the first one, I can comment on that and how how amazing it was. It was a great match, I'm not going to lie. But there is a certain gentleman named Dave Meltzer who gave it six stars. And back when I spoke with Mr. Benjamin Raven from the Court of Nerds, he and I kind of went toe-to-toe, and I just I couldn't get behind a six-star match when your scale is five stars. Uh, Pav, the second reincarnation of this match, which I've heard is fantastic, I saw some of the uh, aftermath promos, uh, 6.25 stars. 6.25 stars. Why are you spitting in my face, Dave Meltzer? What are you doing? 
Yeah, he's he's not going just beyond the scale. He's adding in, you know, the decimal points now. He's going with quarters and halves. And I guess to be fair to him, he used to do this with five star matches. He would give a five star and then a little plus next to it because he just thought it was that darn good to where it was better than five stars. Uh, okay. Uh, spoiler alert. Let's let's throw some spoilers right, right here. I do know the finish of this match. Um, it was a tie. <laughs> it was a 60-minute draw. The first one in 12 years, apparently, in New Japan. See, this is why I love you, Pav. These are things I didn't know, historical which is a big, Which is a big deal because, like I said, over there, they treat it more like a sport. Like, this thing would have showed up on the front pages of the newspaper the next day. And that's definitely not happened for any WWE match here, not even nope. WrestleMania. So, uh, it's, it's phenomenal that they had such a great match. Everything, like I said, everything I've heard, I saw some of the clips, the psychology appears to be fantastic. Um, but Pav, can you really give this 6.25 stars? Um, you know, you know, I, I, I really can't say because, and I was thinking about this the whole time after I finished watching it, you know, how do I compare this to the first match, which, you know, I do have to agree one of the best matches of all time. Um, I don't know if I could say that the original was the very best, but as far as, you know, athleticism, um, uh, ring technique, absolutely up there. This one is very much in that category too. Um, It's just so tough. Like I I do agree with you. I, I, you know, if you have a scale, there's a reason why you have the scale. I feel like you do kind of have to follow your parameters at a certain point, which Dave Meltzer is just kind of gone off the rails on. Yeah. And he's defending himself left and right. And that's fine and dandy. I get it. You have to do it after you make such a bold statement. And he, his idea was that the scale has changed because the industry has changed. Um, and that's, well, then you got you to change your own scale. Right. I mean, make it, make it 10 stars. Like I, I <laughs> and, but the problem is if he does that, then he's going to kind of have to reevaluate everything else. You know what I mean? Right. So, and my, my good friend Tyler brings this up all the time. He said, all right, so if you change the scale, what happens to fantastic matches like, uh, uh, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania, either one, to be honest, Girl. uh, yeah. Stone Cold, Bret Hart, CM Punk, John Cena, any of those fantastic matches that wrestling fans call back to as like five star matches all of a sudden you're at 10 stars it's like oh those are really five out of 10 stars now because of the scale change i i don't know it's just strange um i guess i don't understand why you're breaking the scale left and right just agree it's it's one of the best of all time it's five stars agreed yeah it's not like the grandeur and the prestige of this match is any less for being five stars or a five plus, as opposed to a six or a six point, you know, 6.25. I can kind of understand the rationale with the first match because the first match was just so special and so out of, you know, so out of nowhere. It really took a lot of people um, by surprise how good it was. And, you know, I told you before we started recording, that was the match that really turned my attention to new Japan. And I think that, uh, was this case for a lot of pro wrestling fans. It made us want to start watching this promotion more regularly. So given the impact that it had on the industry as a whole, I can kind of understand breaking the scale for that. I think once you start doing this with regularity, though, like, you know, a third match is imminent, is inevitable between them. If that is just as good as this match, does that become a 6.5 match? Like, you know, where basically, where does it stop? That's what I want to ask. Right, and I, I guess one thing I can appreciate about this is that clearly Omega and Okada have taken it upon themselves to simply raise the bar every time they go out there. They're um, incredible. My yeah. God. I, the first match was not 60 minutes. I want to say it was like 40 to 45. I'm just thinking of the... Uh, yeah, no, you're about right with that. Okay. So, I think it was about 45. And that one... Uh, it was so good. I like, like I said previously, I don't know if I could like break the scale for it by any means, but it was amazing, and it it wasn't uh, it wasn't overdone. You know what I mean? It wasn't strictly flips and kicks and like just doing high spots for the sake of high spots. It seems like everything they did had a purpose, and that's what WWE sorely misses sometimes. 
uh, walk me through kind of what happened in this match, what you love so much about the second installment of Okada versus Omega for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Oh, man, well, where do I start? Um, <laughs> you know, early goings was they, they kind of milked it a little bit. You know, no high spots at the beginning, and that's similar to their first match. They definitely built it up in an organic, believable way. When they got to the outside, that's when they started going a little heavier. And at one point, I, I can't remember ex exactly what time of the match it came in. And that's it's even harder to determine the times when you have a 60-minute match. <laughs> Okada did a running splash, and he... I mean, he leapt over the guardrail like a freaking gazelle. The like, just the athleticism was incredible. I mean, the guy probably jumped a solid ten feet to hit Omega. That's, so that is so that, that, see, I don't know Okada just, that well. Um, mm -hmm. I I've seen, like I said, I saw the Okada versus Omega match, but that's honestly one of the only matches I've seen of his, and I just didn't realize how freaking athletic the guy is. He doesn't. He doesn't strike me as a guy who can do stuff like that, but man, he is a a world beater. He's just incredibly amazing at some of the stuff he does. The Rainmaker looks too legit. I yeah, the guy has money in the ring, and Omega the same way. He does not appear like he's going to be a dude who can do all this stuff. He kind of looks like a uh, a Jack a smaller Razor Ramon just by his look, I guess, and the curly hair, but. He's doing flips and stuff. He does his the Omega Driver. I, the dude is money every time he steps in the ring. Um, something I loved about this even more, and I saw this in a little tweet video, uh, the idea that someone was trying to throw in the white towel. Yes, someone we mentioned earlier. Um, that was Cody at one point. He came out, and it was maybe around the 30, 35 minute point. I, I can't say that with absolute certainty. Um, that was uh, honestly, that was one of the, maybe one of the only downsides to the match. It was just, it just kind of felt off that he would come in there under the guise that he was so worried about, uh, Omega's health. He was so doubtful that Omega could, you know, make a comeback and turn things around that he was actually willing to forfeit the match for Omega. In the re in the rematch of all things, where in the first match Omega won, this was for so much more on Omega's end than just for the title. This was like a redemption match. So it just felt kind of off to see one of the Bullet Club members come in there and be so genuinely worried that Omega couldn't win that he would call off the whole thing. Right. Maybe they're building to something with that. You know, Cody is one of the newest Bullet Club members. He really hasn't been along, around very long. Hasn't quite built up chemistry with the other members like, say, you know, Young Bucks and Omega have. So maybe they're going to take this down the line. Uh, immediately after the show, during Okada's media interview, Cody came up to him and uh, struck a challenge for the IWGP strap at their next event, which... Uh, should be the G1 event here in Long in uh, California. Actually, I think that's their plan. The, the, um, yeah, they're doing so a US tour. So maybe we're gonna maybe we're gonna see some storyline or some angle where you know he was deliberately trying to get um, Omega to lose so that he could challenge Okada and t you know, he could be the one to take Okada down. I don't know for sure, but that just felt kind of weird in the middle of that. It was. Like I said, one of the very, very few uh, faults to the match. <laughs> Full disclosure. Did I just interrupt you like 10 seconds ago before this? Uh, uh, not that I'm aware of. I mean, I kept talking. I mean, if you did try to interrupt me, I kept talking through it. Okay, good. My, my audio dropped and I was like, I, I don't know if he's still talking. I'm worried this is bad. So oh, I was still talking. I was still going. <laughs> good. Don't ever, don't ever stop talking just because I interrupt you, Pop. <laughs> Not playing. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, Very good. So, wow, I just got a text message saying, how do you feel about children? Awkward. Um, Who, well, hold on. Who sent you this message? It was not a woman. It, okay. was, a, it was a co-worker. 
uh, I won't say his name, but he uh, <laughs> he does. Yeah, as a coworker, and he just asked me how I feel about children. It's very weird. I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm gonna le- I'm just gonna leave uh, leave you with that one. I got nothing to say. <laughs> it caught me off guard. I had to say it out loud. Uh, so, yeah, the Cody thing is kind of weird to me because it seems like you said the way this ended, we've got to have a third match. There there was no set winner in this. I mean, Okada technically keeps the title because it was a draw, but there was no winner. So, uh, and I saw on New Japan's English Facebook page that the uh, Okada and Omega is not over. There will be another match. Yay. Oh, it's it's a given. Like this is this is money for New Japan. But they've got Cody stepping in and spitting beer in the face of Okada. <laughs> Coors Light, by the way. <laughs> Why do you notice this? Well, the, well, the, uh, during Okada's media interview, him um, and a couple other guys, Beretta was with them. They all they all did a toast, and I assumed that it was going to be some Japanese beer like Sapporo or something like that. And when I looked a little bit closely, I, I was like, "Wait a minute! I recognize that! I recognize that beer can!" And it was Coors Light, which I I don't know if that's a big thing over in Japan, like kind of like how Corona is the big Mexican beer in America. Maybe Coors Light is the big American beer over in Japan. I don't know, but just just something I thought was interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Um, but yeah, so there there's a side story here going on with Cody and Okada, which I, I I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad Cody's doing big things now that he's outside of WWE. He he had an ROH championship match with. Uh, I think it was Lethal and Daniels, right? Well, Daniels is still champion. Daniels I've... won the match, but I know Cody was in the championship match. It was a triple okay. threat, I believe, with Lethal. Yeah. It's, it's so hard for me to keep up on the other promotions outside of WWE, but I, I think that's what happened. Um, that sounds that sounds right, though, because I believe Daniels is, current, is currently the champion still. Yes. yes. Uh, that's the one thing that I do can keep that I can keep up on is uh, the Facebook pages of ROH and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So kudos to them for allowing me to stay up to par on my news there. <laughs> uh, but where was I going with this? Oh, Cody. Yeah, Cody versus Okada for the title in, uh, like you said, in Long Beach possibly, because uh, they are launching a United States Championship in New Japan, which I think is going to be cool, depending on what yeah, they do. God, I wish I was out in California for that next month. Is it next month? It is. It's July. Well, they're doing two shows. One at the Long like Long Beach's arena, and then one at a smaller um, complex. I want to say it's July 1st and July 2nd. The bigger show will be July 1st. Wow. Kind of like how they do like um, like the like when Ring of Honor does like Global Wars, like they do one, two, three nights. I uh, I'm, I'm I've been jealous. That Josiah, Seth, and Adam got to go to Los Angeles. Maybe you and I just make a quick trip and see what's going down in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure tickets are sold out, but yeah, we'll try it anyways. What the heck? If we just show up, they'll let us in. We're the Geekiverse. I'm sure. Yeah. What could go wrong? <laughs> uh, all right. So this was a 6.25 match. I, overall. Star. 6.25 stars. Six point, thank you. <laughs> if you... Uh, if they have a third match, what what happens? Just give me your overall prediction. Does Omega finally get the title? Does Okada keep his reign? I I thought when Omega lost in January, that meant he's going to WWE. Didn't yeah. happen. Didn't happen. Still hasn't happened. I don't know if it'll ever happen, just because of what he does and he's so good at it. Maybe he doesn't want to go to WWE. Uh, I I get the sense that he doesn't. I mean, I know. A lot of guys outside of WWE, um, not talk trash about WWE, but occasionally jab, you know, the WWE product. But I get the sense that Omega and the Young Bucks as well, they're very much committed to the approach that New Japan does for pro wrestling. Uh, And just Omega, I mean, Omega is a giant otaku. The guy loves Japanese culture. He loves Japan itself. That's like, it's, it's a guy's second home. I mean, like we said, he speaks fluent Japanese, watches a lot of anime, plays a ton of Japanese video games. I don't I don't feel like he's going to leave New Japan anytime soon. And here's the thing. I'm sure he's making decent money between ROH and New Japan and everything he does for them. Yep. Uh, why Why leave? I mean, he's successful outside of WWE. When he goes there, they're, they're going to change him a little bit. I, you know, you say... 
like AJ Styles is still AJ Styles in WWE. Eh, he he's had to change a little bit. He's not exactly the same guy who can do like you know the same Bullet Club stuff that he was doing. Finn Balor had to change because he was uh, Prince Devitt in New Japan with the Bullet Club. The Bullet Club themselves, Gals and Anderson, they had to change. So I mean, if if Okada yep. go, or not Okada, if Omega and the Young Bucks were to go to WWE. They're going to be a watered-down version because, you know, it's PG in WWE. You can't say things like uh, bullets. You can't pull out a gun and shoot people. Um, you, you can't even say bully. I, I was listening to Bully Ray, or I think he's Bully Ray in ROH, Bubba Ray Dudley, and he said that was the big reason that character didn't go to uh, WWE because you, you can't say the word bully on TV when they have a campaign for anti-bullying. So, um, yeah. <coughs> Right. W- WWE just baffles me sometimes. Why is that? <laughs> just in, just in general, but I like you said, like you know, you can't say bully on TV with the anti-bullying campaign, like, and and just they're just silly. Right. I mean, why not have a character named Bully Ray and then have him get beat all the time by the good guys? <laughs> Does that not send a positive message? Well, I don't want to see Bubba Ray get. Bu- beat up all the time they him and devon already did that during their last wwe run true and i guess that that in sam roberts podcast i'll get full credit where i'm stealing this from uh he was on the sam roberts podcast and that he said that was the plan all along so i guess i can't be mad at him they went they spoke to vince mcmahon vince said here's what i want you to do i want you to get the new day over i want you to get the usos over i want you to get the wyatt family over and this is what i'm gonna pay you and then when bubba and devon saw the money they're like Okay, <laughs> we will do as you say, sir. I can't say I was aware of that, and that uh, that actually makes me even a little bit more depressed that 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 they would allow that to happen to their characters. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of depressing at a, at a point, but they they did their job. You know what I mean? They they got those they got those teams over. I mean, the new they day absolutely had did. the I mean, longest yeah. reign in WWE history. I hate the new day. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Oh man. You and I are going to go toe to toe on this one. I think we have in the past and we'll go. You hit me with the chair. It was, a I weak, did. It was well, a shot. I kind of tapped you with the chair. Let's be serious. Yeah. You were very nice to me. I'll give you that. But, uh, yeah, the new day here, here we go. That's a great segue, Bob. Let's talk about it. Sure. Money in the bank is coming up this Sunday. I will get this podcast posted before Sunday. So this will make sense. Um, Money in the Bank is coming up in St. Louis, Missouri, and there's a lot of history making matches here, so I'm going to start with the obvious one, the women's ladder match. Yes. I, mm, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Natalia, Tamina, and Carmella, winner gets a Money in the Bank contract for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Ah, I don't know how to feel about this at all. I'm so worried. Worried about the result or worry about the quality of the match? Uh, all of it. <laughs> okay. Um, first of all, the idea that you can have a women's ladder match is fantastic. It's uh, it's never been done to my knowledge. Uh, I worry about the quality because I know they're, the WWE themselves is worried about women's safety. Like I know Charlotte Flair wanted to do a moonsault off the Hell in the Cell cage, and they're like, "Nah." <laughs> yeah, from what I understand, she is the daredevil to end all daredevils. Apparently, she's insane, and she like wants they have to, to do take it all. her out of so many high spots. Yeah, so I'm I'm worried that they're going to ban her from doing stuff like that, because um, I could easily see her setting up a ladder in the corner. And trying to do a moonsault off that or her oh, totally. or her inverted splash thing that she does. I, yeah. Um, I'm worried that it's just going to be very clunky and it's not going to work because these women have never done it. Um, yeah. I look, that's, look, that's a difficult match. I mean, there's so many moving parts in a match with that many people um, with weapons involved with, you know, the 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 item whatever it is whether it's a briefcase a title a contract just regards the generic item hanging from the ceiling it's almost like the TLC match there's just so many moving parts to it that you got to know everybody else's spots 
you got to you got to remember more than just what your spots are going to be. You got to remember. You got to know. You you got to know what every other competitor in there is going to do, so that it all flows well, and so that you know you keep it as safe as humanly possible in there. The other big concern I have is uh, I don't know if you, have you watched SmackDown yet. This most recent one. Yes. Uh, I mean, bits and pieces. So depending on what you're about to bring up, maybe <laughs> it's okay. It's not a huge thing. It's, it's on social media. So if you haven't seen it, not a huge deal. Uh, at the very end of the night, Shinsuke, this was after the uh, three on three match with all the men's money in the bank contract winners. Uh, Shinsuke scaled the ladder and just took the contract in a symbolic, like, Hey, look at me. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm going to be the chant or the money in the bank contract winner. Cool. Oh Yeah. I saw that. Okay. He struggled to get that briefcase down for a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and my thing, I don't think Shinsuke's been in too many ladder matches because New Japan, I don't think they do that that often. Very um, rarely. I think they've only done a couple. Right. So, my worry is the women have never done a ladder match like this. Yeah. My worry is that one of them gets up there to grab that thing and something goes wrong and they just yeah. can't unclip it. They They hang from it. Uh, you know, and I'm not sitting here jabbing women. I think the women could do a phenomenal job. I'm worried that WWE is going to restrict them so much that it's not good. And um, like you, and like you said, it, it doesn't matter, men, women. They've never done this kind of match. If yeah. it was five completely green male wrestlers, it would be just as concerning. Yeah, I 100. percent like if they had uh, some of these NXT guys who have never done matches in on ladders, if they were to show up and do this, I would be concerned. So, yep. uh, you know, I hope the women surprise me. I, I think they might. Uh, I can see Natalia doing some crazy spots through a ladder with the, the sharpshooter. Um, I can see Carmella diving off one of those things and then, you know, like Tamina kicking her off it or something. I Crazy things can happen. I, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also apprehensive by the fact that they've never done this and WWE can screw that up sometimes. You'll breathe, you'll breathe a sigh of relief when it's over, right? Oh, for sure. And here's the thing. I will give full credit to this fact. Usually the women's matches were the quote unquote bathroom breaks three, four years ago. Uh, no one cared <laughs> straight up. No one cared about women's wrestling. Yep. I, I'm not going to the bathroom during this match. I'm seeing how this yeah. happens. No, this is what this is one of the highlights of the pay-per-view. I would agree. Uh, another there's only five matches listed, so this should be, you know, easy to breeze through. The Usos are your SmackDown Live tag team champions, and they're taking on the New Day. New Day rocks. New there we go. With Day it. rocks. Um, uh, what do you think overall about this feud? Uh, it, it's been a pretty quick feud. We haven't seen too much of it. I, I've got very little to say. The Usos don't do it for me, heel or face. Um, and like I said, I hate the New Day, so wow. there you go. Okay, now I'm going to rip you to shreds because I disagree <laughs> wholeheartedly. I think the Usos have been fantastic as heels. Eh. Oh my gosh, Pive, you're killing me. I have loved everything that they have done as heels. They uh, are playing, they're playing great heels. That's what they do. <laughs> When they come out and do they do their promos where they're like, uh, uh, what do they do with the fashion place? It's eight days. In eight days, you're going to be feeling the skin crawling on your back. Eight days, we're going to kick you in the teeth or whatever they did. The eight days promo, the, when they do the day promo, I think that was fantastic with the fashion police. Um, even that match at, what was the last one? Backlash, I think it was. Or, uh, I don't remember. Whatever the last pay-per-view was when they took on the fashion police. It was a very hokey match. It was all for good fun because uh, Tyler Breeze is dressing up in his little janitor outfit. But I, I thought the match was great. The heels are doing what they need to do. They're getting booed. How can you hate them? Guess we'll just agree to disagree. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I thought the New Day were great when they finally came back and they were like, uh, "What's? I'm struggling with names because I'm just waking up still. I've only had one cup of coffee in the big time. Um, what's his name? Big E. He was like, yeah. you've got the titles and we want some. It was fantastic. How can you hate that? Eh. Okay. The new, the new day to me 
are like a microcosm of all of what's wrong with WWE's hokey juvenile PG approach from the last few years. That's just me. Like I said, feel free to disagree. I, I guess the thing I appreciate appreciate about New Day as a wrestling fan is the fact that they were given such a dumb gimmick. Like true, yeah, they, and they turned it around. They turned it around, and that's why I appreciate. Like I hated them too from, you know, from the get go. I thought they well, was dumb. Hey, New Day sucks. Where yeah. do you think that came from? Right, and that's I was right along with everyone else chanting that, and I thought it sucked. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was a waste of my time, and then slowly. They got funny. They started doing great promos. They were picking on people in like a childish way that made it like not demeaning, but still, you know, laugh out loud. Uh, and then I just, I just started loving them. It was great. You're, nothing. You're not going to nothing. I, I don't know what you offer me, man. Uh, next match. Next right. match. Next match. <laughs> this one is very strange to me. Naomi versus Lana. For the SmackDown Women's Championship. What? I feel like that is a giant question mark. Because, uh, like, how do you really gauge what Lana is capable of in the ring? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know at all. Like, like this is, Like, this is a giant kind of up-in-the-air match. It might be great. Who knows? Maybe Lana has just this hidden unknown in ring ability or God, it, it might just be awful. <laughs> it might just be abysmal. Yeah. I mean, she's been working in NXT. She's been training as far as wrestling maneuvers and stuff like that. But yeah, I've, I've only seen her do one move against Naomi and right. it was that weird finisher thing she did. I'm guessing that's her finisher, which is cool. Yeah. I'm assuming that's going to be it. But like, yeah, like you said, we, we don't know what we're getting with this. I mean, it's the land of opportunity on SmackDown. Let's give it to Lana, who's never wrestled in a WWE ring. Well, that's false. She wrestled at WrestleMania that one time. You forgot yeah. because it this, wasn't important. It, it wasn't important. You're yeah. right. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to think about this. I got to think Naomi keeps the title, though. You're not just going to spring it on Lana, right? I would hope not. You never know. They've had stupider title changes, though, so. Yeah, I mean, they're cheering Lana right now. I don't know if you're hearing those yeah. reactions. They are yeah. cheering her. She, I mean, she was even being cheered when she was with Rusev, though. That's true. <laughs> like, she's one, she's one of the cases where she got over with the fans very organically. and well, Not through WWE scripting, but th just kind of through pure happenstance. And she's very attractive. Let's just point that out. There are yeah, she's a beautiful woman. There are a lot of male fans strictly chanting her name because they think she's attractive, which is yeah, pro yeah, probably. Men are idiots. If I've learned anything, when I went to Raw in Grand Rapids here, uh, there were a lot of cat calls during the women's match, and I was like, guys, this is actually a good women's match. Like, quit yeah. cat calling and just pay attention to the good wrestling. No, unfortunately, that stigma won't be going away for quite a while, even with the increased quality of the mat of the women's matches. That's unfortunate. And Is I will straight out say, I'm sorry. Men suck sometimes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Speaking yeah. Hey, Hey, I can't disagree with you on that one. New day. Go. Sure. The, men go. are idiots. Nope. <laughs> That's my next shirt purchase. Men are idiots. Uh, <laughs> speaking of kind of weird title changes, Jinder Mahal. Oh God. There we go. Hit a Why? Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton uh, in Randy Orton's hometown, St. Louis, Missouri. I don't think Orton's going to win this. No, it's it's the hometown rule. You get buried in your hometown. Everybody knows that. See, that's a, I didn't feel like that was a stigma for a while, but it is. Sasha oh, Banks totally in is. Boston. Um, well, <laughs> Naomi just won in Orlando. Okay, so I mean, they're not, it, okay, that's an exception to the rule. Let's put it that way. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think Charlotte lost in uh, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> completely childish on my end, but that sounded funny when you actually said that. Right. Uh, Bailey lost in San Jose. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Oh, it's been for years. Rey Mysterio always got the crap kicked out of him when they were 
uh, what was it? San Antonio. He lived in San one of the Texas cities. I don't know. He's from California, San Diego, California. Ooh, ooh, whoops. <laughs> Awkward. You had the sand part, right? Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, Jinder Mahal versus Randy Orton. Uh, let's. What your What are your thoughts overall on Jinder Mahal being the champion? First of all, it's one of the most. To me, it's one of the most infuriating um, angles that WWE has done in the longest time. You're that mad about it. Oh, I'm furious about it. But on WWE's credit, and I'm simply playing devil's advocate because I, I too was pretty shocked and dismayed that it happened. Uh, they're getting a reaction out of you. Isn't that what they're trying to do? Yeah, but I'm not watching his segments on SmackDown because I could not care any less about him. And because I know that the only reason that he has that belt is not for his ability on the mic, not for his ability in the ring, but because he has some amount of central Asian ancestry in him. And they just launched the WWE network in India. Yeah. That's, that's the fan in me knowing too much and realizing that this isn't for like a good storyline. This isn't for the fact that Jinder Mahal's had great wrestling matches. It's strictly because they are launching WWE in India. All of a couple months ago, he was still a jobber. And then, and look, nothing against Jinder. He is a decent talent. He's not terrible in the ring. I'm not going to say he's good on the mic necessarily, but he's not a terrible talent. The issue is that they did this, you know, on the you know spur of the moment uh, ascension through the ranks. If this, if he were the Intercontinental Champion, which I think would have been one the perfect stepping stone to slowly build him up to a uh, you know heavyweight championship run, and then two. Giving him the Intercontinental belt, I feel, would have brought a ton of relevancy to the Intercontinental strap, which has long kind of languished in this, like, just irrelevant title. You know, bringing um, relevance to those secondary titles, they haven't had that since the early 90s when, like, British Bulldog was headlining SummerSlam against Bret Hart. To have Jinder Mahal as, you know, your face for WWE India to have him be the intercontinental champion that could have actually made the intercontinental championship important again. But instead they just rush him, you know, literally just throwing him right into the spotlight for the WWE title. And it just, it just felt so contrived. So it, it wasn't believable. Right. And the one thing you just said that I caught on to was slow build. They did not have a slow build for Jinder Mahal whatsoever. It was literally, all right, this guy's on SmackDown now because he was he, de- he debuted. He came back on Raw. Yeah. And now he's part of the draft or superstar shakeup, whatever they call it. And now he's on SmackDown. Three weeks later, he wins the number one contender match. I was like, okay, I, that's really weird and strange and dumb. But whatever, they're giving Randy Orton a new talent. And then he wins the freaking title within another three weeks. So... This guy went from random unknown trade or superstar shakeup, whatever, to number one contender to WWE champion in less than like six weeks. What do we, what? Pretty much. And I get it. The shock value is okay. But like when I look back at WWE shock, shocking WWE title wins, it's not without a cause. So like when Eddie Guerrero finally beat Brock Lesnar. Yeah, there was such a great build to that. There was he won, like you said, the Intercontinental title. I think he won the U.S. title. He won some tag team titles. He was a slow build that everyone was starting to get behind because they realized how good he was. And then he finally overcame Brock Lesnar to win the title. What did Jinder Mahal overcome? Like Sami Zayn one time? (laughs) He overcame the three man band. That was about it. There you go. Yeah, he overcame the stigma that he was just the three man band guy. Uh and, and uh, he's got a good look now. He's ripped. I read his, uh, I think his GQ article where he described how he got so jacked. Uh, he did not say steroids. <laughs> I know that's what everyone thinks. Wait, he didn't outright say st- steroids? I'm shocked. Right. Everyone's like, oh, he's on steroids. Look at his vascularity and all that stuff. Uh, he quit drinking beer. Shocking. He quit drinking beer. He hit the gym a little bit more and he focused on his diet and now he's ripped. Or he took steroids. Who knows? Uh, I'm not here to bash anyone for what they did in their life. I don't know if he took steroids, but he's definitely ripped now. Uh, And he's got a great gimmick. I think it's, you know, he's getting the reaction that he wants out of the crowd. 
But I, I, like you said, the slow build just was not there. And it feels all very rushed and contrived. Every word you said is spot on for me. I, I, it's unfortunate that this is happening to him because, like you said, he's a good talent. I think he's pretty good in the ring. Uh, he's got the two little Bollywood boys with him now who are, I, I don't know what they're calling them, the Shiva brothers or something like that. Um, it, it, yeah, it just doesn't feel right. It feels gross. <laughs> and not to, you know, I hate to dive into, you know, any kind of political or uh, sociological angle to it, but it almost, it, it, it still also feels very disingenuous that they're using him very obviously to be the face in WWE India based on his heritage, but he's actually, he has no Indian nationality. He's Canadian. <laughs> it, it's, it's almost like if WWE, you know, if I were a, you know, super popular and very talented wrestler, which I am not, it would be like if WWE sent me to Poland and said to the Polish audience, hey, embrace this guy because his great grandparents are from your country. Yeah, he's American, but he but his family is originally from your country. So embrace him. He has yeah. the same he has the same skin color as you. So embrace him. And that's, that's, yeah, WWE's done this before. Muhammad Hassan, he was billed as like this yeah. Middle Eastern dude. He was Italian. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Pro wrestling is has had a terrible track record of misrepresentation of uh, ethnicities and race. Right. If, if yeah. you were to pin anyone as like a Middle Eastern dude, uh, Sami Zayn would actually be the guy. I mean, he's from Canada technically, but his entire heritage is through, I want to say Saudi Arabia. I could be wrong. Well, I know he's a very devout Muslim. There you go. Yeah. He's also a Muslim. I, I know that. He, he mean, very genuinely. And, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He, he's very, he's very passionate about his religion. Yeah. And, but you wouldn't know it based on his character. No, not at all. <laughs> But or God, I mean, how many guys from Hawaii or just, you know, another of the Oceania, oceanic region were said to be Japanese, right? <laughs> like Tojo Yamamoto back in like the AWA and NWA days. The guy was from like Honolulu, but they said he was Japanese. Yeah, they, they <laughs> do that with Samoan guys, too. And it's just like he's not Samoan. He's from Florida or he's from California. <laughs> like it, it's not a thing, but they they kind of bill it out to be so. Yeah, I, the misrepresentation irks me a little bit. The fact that they had no story for this other than he's a bad guy. <laughs> he's not even a good, bad foreign guy. He's just a bad guy. I, I don't know. It doesn't work for me. It's a stinker. And unfortunately, he's probably going to keep the title through some weird hijinks through the, the Shiva brothers. I feel like I'm mispronouncing their name. but the I Bollywood still think boys. they're the Bollywood boys, aren't they? I mean, I, I, I'm not following it as closely as I used to, but... No, they changed their name. Okay, well, there you go. They had to change their Twitter handles and everything. It was weird. I can't remember what they're called now, but I want to say Shiva. Sherva? Well, well, to be honest, man, I could care less. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, so then the only other match on the card that I'm seeing is the Money in the Bank match on the men's side. Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Um... I know who I want to win this. Who do you want to win? I want it to be Sami Zayn. Yeah. Because that's, that's like the feel good choice. That's the feel good choice. Uh, Kevin Owens doesn't need it. He's a U.S. champion. And I think they could easily take the belt off him there and have him inserted into the main event picture and it'll be fine. Oh, totally. AJ Styles. He doesn't need it. He could easily, like I said, go into the main event picture. He's already been a champion there. Um, Baron Corbin could use it, and he'd be a great heel with it. Uh, he could just like show up randomly and, you know, pull the "Hey, look, I've got this. I'm I can cash this in anytime I want to." Uh, so that would be a good pick, I guess. Ziggler, I, I I'm just done with him. I'm sorry. Same with me. Okay, I'm glad we agree on agree on that because I know some people that are still in love with Ziggler, but I feel like just his time has passed. You know, I know he's a great talent. I know he unfortunately kind of had his peak during the downtime of WWE. Um, but for me, I feel like his time has come. I feel like, you know, he, he it's moved past him. New era. 
Yeah, and I, I, I love his in-ring work. He's great. I think he's got uh, – he's probably got more in the tank. I think he can keep wrestling, but I, I don't want to see him in the main event anymore. And it's it's probably because of what happened at SummerSlam with him and Ambrose. Like, he had a lot of great promos on the mic. He made it sound like he was, you know, really invested in what he was doing, and I loved it. But the match sucked. <laughs> it was just was not entertaining. I don't know if those two just don't have good chemistry, but I just did not – appreciate the uh gender mahal not gender mahal i'm looking at gender mahal stuff right now <laughs> the ambrose and ziggler match at SummerSlam, and ever since then i've kind of been sour on ziggler so uh you know, if he wins the contract whatever he might be able to do something with it again but he did that once he cashed it in he had his moment with the contract let's move yeah. on uh and then shinsuke nakamura once again i don't think he needs the contract to be inserted into the main event Oh God, no! The guy is the guy is you know over in a way that you haven't seen a talent be over in, uh, I mean maybe arguably years. The no, guy the guy right. debuted on SmackDown to the crowd chanting his name and singing along his song. And that was strictly off of one like guitar riff, <laughs> right? And everyone knew exactly what was about to go down. Um, so yeah, I think Sami Zayn, he's gotten a couple big wins over Baron Corbin who I thought was like the golden child for SmackDown as far as bad guys. And then Sami Zayn's been beating him. So I think that's kind of how you build his character. You let him shockingly win the WWE championship at some point, maybe like at SummerSlam. Cause that crowd would go bananas uh, in Brooklyn. Um, Definitely. I, so I think, I think that's, what you got to give it to. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know who they'll give it to, but I don't think Zayn's going to win as much as I want him to. I, I really don't know where they're going to go with that. Um, I don't think it'll be Baron Corbin just because they haven't built it up in any way, shape, or form. I don't think it'll be Ziggler because, like I said, I think his time has passed, and I think booking in WWE feels the same. Um, Won't be Kevin Owens. I think they're still going to run with this Face of America gimmick, which I'm not entirely fond of, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Um, I, I would love, love to see Sami Zayn win, but I don't see that happening either. I think booking in their infinitely misguided ways will eternally see him as a mid card wrestler with an occasional um, main event slot, but not championship material. So for me, then that leaves AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura as the most likely candidates. And for them, it just feels like a toss up because similar to all the guys, no one has really gotten a huge obvious push. Um, AJ Styles kind of feels like he's on a down period right now. I mean, he got pinned clean by Ziggler just a couple weeks ago on SmackDown, which was weird. Didn't make much sense to me. He really, it doesn't feel like he's had a high profile feud or angle in a couple months now. So maybe it's Nakamura then, but at the same time, why wouldn't you have just thrown Nakamura right in there? Why would, why'd you make him do that kind of pointless angle with Ziggler? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's all very I, strange. Yeah, I, I'm sorry that I'm so uncertain about this, but I don't know. I don't really know how you call this one. Yeah, uh, rumor I read on Reddit. Thanks, Reddit community, you evil punks. Um, <laughs> I heard that Ziggler and AJ Styles that match was supposed to be a uh, kind of a screwy finish where Styles had his rope on the ring. Or sorry. <laughs> 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 Where Styles had his foot on the rope. Pour, that, pour, pour that coffee again, my friend. Yep. Hold on, a cup of coffee in the big time. Ooh yeah. The rope on the ring. Yeah, that's the thing. Ropes are on the ring. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> where AJ Styles was supposed to have his foot on the rope. There you go. When Ziggler made the pin, but the way Ziggler pinned him, he wasn't possible to do that. So Styles, being the professional he is, he just took the loss. Because yeah. that was supposed to be the finish. If they went over time, it would have screwed the show. Yeah, I can buy that because it did look weird at the time, and it just felt very abrupt. Well, yeah. Even when I saw it, I was like, "All right, he super kicked him real close to the rope." Styles so just going to get his oh, hand yeah. on the rope, and then it just didn't happen. I was like, "Oh, that looked weird." So, uh, you know, even that being said, they've kind of given everyone a big win in this feud, except for Baron Corbin. He's lost for like. Yeah, three four weeks straight, which makes me believe he's going to be the shock winner. He could be, yeah. And I'm going to hate it. Corbin, 
Corbin's interesting to me because on one hand, he's got the look. He has a great persona. His his entrance is one of my favorites in WWE right now. Between the music and the graphics on the Titan Tron, I love every bit of it. And he's very, and he's good in the ring. Um, very athletic for a big guy. You don't you don't see a lot of wrestlers his size and his height perform the kind of moves that he does. Um, but he is just god awful on the mic. Yeah. Holy cow, he is just terrible when you put a mic in his hands. He uh, he has like the same three promos, and it's like I'm the best in the world or whatever. I'm I'm bad, and I'm gonna beat you, and then. He's got, uh, you're stupid and you're ugly and you know you are a child. It's the same stuff over and over. He's got nothing new. And when you look at people like Kevin Owens, he's been reincarnated like four times already. You know, <laughs> he was the prize fighter. He was best friends with Jericho. Now he's the face of America. Okay, the guy's got new stuff every single you know six months or so. That's cool. Uh, Styles, same thing. You know, he was you know AJ Styles, the phenomenal one. Then he was with the club for a minute. Then he was beat up John Cena, you know. So Ziggler even, he's had new stuff. He was yeah. a face and a heel, and now he's kind of, I think he's a heel still. <laughs> yeah, he is. Okay. So, you know, that that's my big beef with Baron Corbin. He's the same thing every single week. And it's like, you got you can't do that anymore. We're in a uh, 24-hour cycle period where you got to be new and different at seemingly every point. So, uh my final predictions. Let's go through. Let's go through them real quick. Sure. Women's match. I've got. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Becky Lynch. Why not? I'm gonna throw it at Charlotte. Yeah, uh, it's between one of those two. I I think, and they've been two buddy buddies, so I can see one of those like screwing. Someone's over the gonna other. turn on the other, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, who knows? Uh, the Usos versus New Day Tag Team Champions. I'm going to go with the Usos because I think it's too quick for the New Day. No, nah, I think they'll toss at the New Day yeah. right away. I wouldn't be shocked. Don't quote me on that, though. I, we're, we're doing a podcast, Bob. This is kind of a quote. Well, don't put it in text. I don't know. <laughs> the whole point of this is predictions of what you think is going to happen. Hey. That, is, that is your prediction. It's a quote. Sure. Fine. <laughs> Fine. You win, Bruner. You win. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'm just, you know, pointing out facts here. You know, face the facts. Kurt Hawkins. Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. Qu- quote, quote an irrelevant. I don't even know if he even deserves to be considered a mid Carter. He's like, he's like a, he's like a basement Carter. Yeah, basement Carter. That's the new quote of the day. You've been quoted. Uh, Naomi versus Lana SmackDown Women's Championship. I, I got to think Naomi keeps it. Same. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jinder Mahal, Randy Orton, WWE Championship. I, I'm i going with Mahal. Yeah, it's going to be Jinder. I think Jinder's got to keep it. Well, they're supposed to be in India in August or September, I think. So he's probably keeping it until then. Got to sell those subscriptions over in India. Holy vey. It's a business. That's the biggest thing I've learned from every wrestler is it's a business and they're going to do what makes sense for business. To quote the authority, what's best for business. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles, Baron Corbin, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler, Shinsuke Nakamura, Money in the Bank match. I'm going with Sami because I want it to be, even though I feel like it's going to be someone else. I, I Okay. I want it to be Sami. I think it's going to be AJ. Oh, I'd be okay with that. Yeah. I, yeah, I could be able to carry that. So there anyway, you have it. Apparently there's two dark matches, which is why you were only seeing five like, on the, on the main card. Like pre-show the matches? Dark matches are going to be hype bros, Zack Ryder and Mojo Raleigh versus the Ascension. I honestly was not aware that the Ascension were even still up on one of the major shows. I wasn't and then you got Brizongo, fashion police, Fandango and Tyler Breeze versus the Colognes. Wow. Just really and, wasting my time on the pre-show. And yeah, that is why they are the dark matches, my friend. Right? Like I, the hype bros thing is kind of cool because they're finally coming back, which is cool because right. Ryder was out for so long. I can see Ryder going heel. Oh, he's totally going to go heel. Just by the way they're talking. I don't know if you saw Talking Smack, but Ryder was saying, uh, we, we earned our tag team championship match. We deserve it as soon as the next opportunity comes along. Uh, but he was so animate and Mojo was like, yeah, whatever. Maybe Mojo turns heel. 
Hmm. Uh, I don't know if Mojo could pull that off. Yeah, I don't. He's so he's hype bros is his thing. Let's be honest. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's. I mean, it's great that we're getting the hype bros back. I I thought they were starting to get some steam before Ryder's injury. So, uh, they'll they'll squash the ascension in like five seconds. And then the Fashion Police, I've been big fans of, but I don't know why they're in a feud with the Colognes. Who cares? I mean, you, it, it may be a giant hypocrisy on my part to say that I love the Fashion Police since they are so damn childish and so damn goofy, but I love their gimmick. I love their um, vignettes of like the, like the film noir police uh, file videos. I love those. They've been hilarious in my opinion. It's It's been great, and that's something – that they reincarnated. They, you know, they tried something with their stupid gimmick. The fast place when they're just handing out tickets, I was over it. It was kind of cute, but whatever. I didn't care. And now they've kind of, you know, revamped that whole thing and they've made it over. People cheer yeah. the freaking fast place. Are you kidding me? It's 2017 and we're cheering guys who act like it, it matters what you wear. What are we doing here? WWE. <laughs> Yeah, that's like one of the very few cases where I can actually give WWE creative um, some kudos because for them to get that gimmick over is quite impressive. <laughs> right. And I, yeah, like I said, kudos to them, kudos to Breeze and Fandango for finally. Yeah, they, they definitely deserve some credit because those poor guys have just toiled the last few years to get some relevance and they've earned it. And, and Two they, very, very underutilized, underappreciated talents. And they finally had a championship match. That's awesome. So there you have it, folks. Uh, we, we went an hour, Pav. Are you done? Yeah. We are Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada. That is a great reference. Uh, we're going to call this a 60-limit draw. With, yes. With uh, Bruner 1.0 and Jeffrey Pavs. Uh I'm gonna do. God, it is like a it is like a slap in the face to them too that we just compared ourselves. <laughs> uh, so it goes: Bruner 1.0 and Jeffrey Pavs, uh, the Geek Talk Wrestling Podcast, and just underneath that is Omega and Okada Round Two. That's right. Yeah, I we are the six. We are the six point five star match. You took it from me. Yes, that's great. Oh, really? That's I'm sorry. Joke. It was a good joke. I'm glad one of us said it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know if it was a good joke. It was a joke. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> I don't even know how to end this now. Uh, let's see. Okay. So Pav, as you and I know, cause we've been doing this all week. Uh, we were at E3. We were, uh, I just got, well, the email. Some, so, okay. Some of us were, some of us were lucky enough to be on that side of the continent. I want to be real bitter right now. I was supposed to be with that group. Damn it. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I was supposed to be with that group. It did not look like we were going to get to go to E3. So I went to my work and I said, listen, I know I requested this time off. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. Give it back to me. And they're like, okay, cool. So okay. I got my vacation time back. And then Adam Herr, you son of a, uh, he got it confirmed that we could go to E3. He got the media passes and all that stuff. And I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. I literally just got my vacation back. If I go to them again and say, hey, you remember that time when I had that vacation? <laughs> you think you can give it back to me? They would have flipped their lid. And here's the deal. I, I'm not that bitter. I'm kidding. Um, because I would I requested the wrong days off. So, oh, really? Yeah. So like when they were there for Saturday and Sunday for the Microsoft and uh, there was another great press conference they went to or media conference. Probably Sony's. That Sony. I would have missed all those because I wasn't going to fly out till Monday morning. Oh yeah. Well, no, you would have missed Bethesda's then. Be yeah. Because Bethesda and Microsoft were on Sunday, and then Sony's was in the evening. So I would have flown in and gotten to Sony's and been dead tired and been miserable for all of them. So well, you would have had you would have had Nintendo's the next day, even though they didn't do a live press conference. Right. I would have I would have seen Nintendo. I would have got to do some of the game testing. I would have got to see Adam Hur live with Rooster Teeth. But. Yep. I didn't, and that's okay because Josiah, Seth, and Adam killed it all week. I'm incredibly proud of them. So be sure to go to thegeekiverse.com. Check out all of our E3 coverage. We've been blasting it out left and right. Uh, it, I can't explain how much content there is. We're going to put it all in one article. I believe it already is, actually, but it'll all yeah, be we're there. Yeah, we're slowly adding to that every time we have a new piece up for E3 coverage. 
Yeah, kudos to you guys in Buffalo who have been killing it on all that coverage as well. We've been blasting out articles left and right as soon as they're announced. So I know you cranked out a bunch of them, the, uh, specifically for the Microsoft stuff. I was kind of asleep for a couple of the other ones. But <laughs> I know for Microsoft, you guys killed it. And when, every time I wake up, there's tons of E3 coverage. So kudos to you guys in Buffalo for doing all of that. Yeah, it was a it was a fun it was a wild weekend, but a fun weekend. <laughs> uh, so be sure to go to thegeekiverse.com, Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. It's the uh, just search the Geekiverse or the underscore Geekiverse. You'll get us one way or another. Um, I want to throw this well, out we, there. We lost the we lost the uh, underscore. We lost on the one underscore. Of, Breaking I news. Instagram. Breaking I believe news. it's Instagram where we lost the underscore. I think we are just the Geekiverse now on Instagram. I'm going to confirm this right away for you. Yes, we're just the Geekiverse on Instagram. Okay, the the underscore Geekiverse on Twitter as I'm looking right now. Yep. Okay, so breaking news. That is like breaking. That just happened. We do not have an underscore on Instagram, folks. uh, We're hitting the big time here on the Geekiverse. I don't know if you know that. (laughs) Uh, I know it. I'm well aware. Okay, okay, guy. Don't don't get you know your panties in a bunch. Not trying to insult you or the Geekiverse. Calm down. Sorry, kind of flew off the hand. Sorry, uh, kind of flew off the handle. Throwing time. chairs at me. Yeah. Right. Well, I'd really have to chuck one to hit you from the distance that currently separates us. <laughs> that would be quite a talent. Uh, There's quite literally three states and two lakes in between us. Wow, you did that math very quickly. Is there two lakes between us? Yeah, Lake Erie and uh, Lake Michigan. No, I'm not. I'm not across Lake Michigan guy. Oh, <laughs> where the heck? Where, where the heck are you? So I'm just before Lake Michigan. Well, then make that three states and one Great Lake. There you go. I was like, wait a second. I know I'm tired, but I I can do that. Uh, also, quick note: if you ever go to Amazon, be sure to go to geekiverse.com. Click on one of our Amazon links and then shop the way that you normally shop. It helps us out. We greatly appreciate it. It's it's you literally pay nothing. You go to Amazon, you buy the crap you're already buying. You buy your coffee mugs, your French presses. I'm I'm naming stuff that I buy. Your tennis rackets, whatever. And then we get small kickbacks for driving traffic to Amazon. It's a cool deal. We appreciate it. Click on our Fandango link if you're buying movie tickets. Helps us too. I'm just I'm throwing social plugs out there left and right. I don't know what else to say. What do, what do, what else do we say, Pav? Uh, look forward to Money in the Bank and G1 in Long Beach for New Japan. I like Maybe. it. Yes. I like no? it. All right. Give us, uh, give us your, I want you to reincarnate your favorite wrestling promo or your favorite like wrestling thing right now. And that's how we're going to end the show. You ready? You have an idea? Um, I'm throwing this at sure, you. Like, sure, no, sure. Sure. Why not? I know. I'm sorry. I'm throwing this at you willy nilly, but I can't think of a good way to end it. So this is how we're doing it. Ready? Sure. In three. Two, one. The gods from above tell the ultimate warrior, go to thegeekiverse.com and watch all their wrestling content, movie reviews, and game demos.